And we're back for another episode of Startup Hustle, a podcast for entrepreneurs by entrepreneurs. If you want to start, own, or build a business, then you're in the right place. We bring you the real truth about what it's like to take something from concept to launch, from growth, innovation, experience, failing, or winning big, we've got you covered. So let's get down to business with another episode of Startup Hustle, brought to you by Fullscale.io. And we're back for another episode of the Startup Hustle. This is your host today, Matt Watson. Excited to be joined today by Mark Adler. We're going to talk about why startups need a CTO. And, uh, you know, myself, I've been a, a CTO basically for the last 20 years. So this is going to be a, a fun conversation today. Uh, Mark runs a business that uh, works as a CTO as a service, like a fractional CTO is kind of new buzzword, I believe, these days. Um, so really excited to talk about this today. It's going to be a fun topic. Um, before we get started, I do want to remind everybody that today's episode of Startup Hustle is powered by Fullscale.io. Hiring software developers is difficult. Fullscale can help you build a software team quickly and affordably and has the platform to help you manage that team. Visit Fullscale.io to learn more. Mark, welcome to the show, man. I'm so excited for this today. Uh, same here. And, and thanks for reaching out to me. I've, I've been reading your comments on LinkedIn and uh, uh, very, very insightful thoughts from, from you. So I'm, I'm really looking forward to having this great conversation. Yeah, you as well. Also, I, I mean, I randomly found you on LinkedIn like two weeks ago or something. So, so glad we're, we're here to do this. Um, before we get started, I guess, why don't you tell us a little bit about your, your background? You mentioned to me, you've been working in and around IT, software, all this stuff for a very long time. Love to hear a little more about your background so everybody understands where you're coming from. Okay, great. So I'll, I'll give you the, the petty tour here. I started off in the late 1980s as one of the first Windows developers on Wall Street. I've been working, I'd been working with Windows since it was a beta product. So worked for companies like Goldman Sachs and some other Wall Street companies. I left there to start my own business, Magma Systems, developed a few products, which actually turned out to uh, do re really well. One was like this word processor that was one of the top selling word processors in the shareware market, but then went into a whole bunch of programming tools, sold the company in probably the, the late 90s, went into consulting, did stuff with the dot-com, uh, during the dot-com boom and the dot-com crash. Uh, then I got uh, a, uh, a big break when I joined Citigroup in the mid-2000s. I joined as an architect uh, in, in the equities division. I, uh, and equities is, is basically trading stocks. Um, and I uh, got promoted eventually to chief architect, which is kind of the de facto CTO, since we really didn't have a CTO, and I reported to, directly to the CIO, which is kind of a, a story of my life. Um, I went over, I got recruited from Citigroup to go to Citadel, when Citadel is a very big hedge fund, um, and they were starting an investment bank. Uh, in the wake of all the other investment banks like Merrill Lynch and Bear Stearns and Lehman Brothers going out of business, they started a new investment bank. They got me to head development. That, uh, that investment bank uh, didn't last too long. They closed it down after two years. I did a whole bunch of consulting, including running uh, IT for British Petroleum's uh, energy trading operation. Then uh, I had the fortune to become chief architect 
of MetLife, the big insurance company, uh, left them after a few years to join startups, and basically been chief architect and CTO for a number of larger and some smaller companies. Uh, in You've done a lot of shit. That's what you're a saying. A lot, lot of stuff. <laughs> lot, a <laughs> lot, lot of stuff. But the thing is that um, it's actually real live CTO and chief architect work, right? So you know, we can kind of get into this later about uh, about fractional CTOs and their bona fides. But I've actually been a CTO and chief architect of of some pretty large companies. So um, what? And, Go ahead. So, I mean, how would you define what a CTO is? So chief technology officer, for those who are listening, what, how would you define the CTO and the importance of a CTO versus just being like a director of software development? Right. So a CTO means different things in, at different companies. And so on, like, for instance, on my website, I have an article to say, what is, what do chief architects do? And you can kind of equate sometimes chief architects with, with CTOs and every company has a different definition of what they do. Some companies CTO is like the most senior developer on a team. Um, that's usually the smaller companies, but for CTO, you have to be, you're really the interface between, between all of the technology teams and the CIO and the executive suite, right? So CTO is an executive suite position, but you're the one who is really in charge of taking everything that the CIO and the CEO want to do and transforming it into a technological vision and plan. So there is a lot of stuff. Yeah, and then of course there's things around there like approving large budgets for projects, uh, vetting third-party vendors, uh, being a visionary, etc. But it's really the person who is setting the technological direction for the whole company. You contrast that with somebody like a VP of engineering, which I consider to be a more tactical position. Um, you know, getting make, making sure the the cloud infrastructure is correct, making sure the builds are correct. You know, kind of coming up with the uh, software development lifecycle uh, methodology, things like that. But the CTO is really that interface that, uh, that is in charge of the entire technical direction for either the entire company or a certain line of business. Well, and the, the key there is the CTO is an executive in the company, right? So you have a lot of companies that I mean, if you're a law firm, having a CTO maybe doesn't make any sense. You might have a director of software development, but having a CTO may not be like a real strategic executive level position, right? So it depends a lot on the industry, the size of the company, all these kinds of things. But mostly what we're talking about are tech companies and the CTO is like a really, really critical position um, who usually leads not just the technology, the software development, but sometimes even the product itself or is very, very involved in the product itself. Yes, exactly, because you have to actually communicate with, with the chief product officer, right? So you have the chief product officer or the, the product managers that want to define the technical, want to define the capabilities, and it's up to you to talk to them to really map out the technical direction, whether things are feasible and how much resources you're going to need, how much uh, budget you're going to need, etc. So 
there's a lot of ideas that people that, that the product officers will have or the CIOs will have or the business will have. And you, it's up to you to really harness all those resources and to tell people whether or not it's feasible to choose the technology. If you don't have the technology in-house, you have to go in and explore the different technologies. You usually have to interface with the CTO or the CEO of, of potential partner companies. So yeah, you have to, you know, you, you're the one who is really le- at the executive level. You're the one who is really leading the direction for implementing all those ideas. It's kind of, it's not that different than, than me being involved with a startup where you have a founder that has lots of ideas and why the found, and the founders need a CTO to be able to tell them if these ideas are doable and how. Yeah. So let's talk about that. And, and I think that's a common problem. You've got really smart people. They have industry knowledge about some specific thing. They want to build some technology. They don't know shit about building technology. Right. And so sometimes they hire really expensive consultants or offshore teams or whatever. And they may sink like literally millions of dollars into building technology and they don't really know what they're doing, but they just keep writing the checks. Right. And what they're missing is somebody like you or a CTO that can help them understand, like, does any of this make sense? And are we getting what we're spending, you know, what we're, we're paying for? Yeah, exactly. I mean, I could tell you all sorts of horror stories about founders that I've met who have gone into projects and hired development companies and have come out with with dismal results. So let's, for instance, let's hear one. I want to hear okay, a really bad one. Here, okay, okay. <laughs> the, I can give you a million of them. But here's one. Like when I first started CTO as a service, I had met a prospect, a potential client who had an idea for some service uh, that was centered around the whole voting and political domains. And she had the idea and she hired an offshore uh, development shop to implement her ideas. And she, and, and the thing is she was not disciplined as far as creating a proper product requirements document for telling the developers exactly what they had to do. So after a few months and after sinking many, many thousands of dollars into this effort, she got back something that was totally non-functional. So she had called me to see if I might be able to help her. So I said, okay, maybe what I could do is look at your infrastructure and look at the source code and see how bad the job is. I said, where's your source code? She said, what do you mean? I said, well, you have to have it in some sort of repository. She says, what is that? I said, have you, do the, 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 the names, like if I say GitHub or Bitbucket, do those sound familiar at all? She says, no, I have no idea what, where, this, where this stuff is. I said, well, can I look at your cloud infrastructure, right? You know, did you, cre- did you go and create your cloud infrastructure? She says, no, they did it for me. I said, do you have the passwords or credentials to anything that you've built you know and she says no I don't and so here's an example and 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 I've met more than one founder who has gone down that same route and because they've gotten into disputes with the development companies they've never gotten their IP back they've put in thousands of dollars to get something developed and they can't even get the keys to their to their own infrastructure or their own source code. 
And these are examples of, of non-technical founders who say, I need to develop a product. Let me just throw my idea over the wall at some development company and hope that something good comes back. And what I say is that every single founder needs some kind of senior technology person at their side to represent their interests, right? It doesn't have to always be a full-time CTO, but they need somebody on their side to make sure that the developers know what they're doing, somebody to maybe do the architecture and set up the cloud infrastructure, somebody to help them solidify the product requirements and all of the use cases, things like that. So uh, there are a lot of non-technical founders who just don't know how to do that. They've never heard of, of uh, SDLC, the Software Development Lifecycle. They've never heard of project management. All they do is they throw an idea over the wall and chase it with some money and hope that something good comes out. So this is why every non-technical founder should have a senior level technical person at the side. And I say it's a CTO because as a CTO, you're used to wearing multiple hats. You can run the development teams. You can do the architecture. You can do the cloud setup. You can examine the budget. You know when somebody's billing you eight hours for, for a very, very small change that, that the code that took maybe five minutes. You can basically, part of my French, you can call bullshit on the development team, right? And bullshit. Right. <laughs> bullshit. Okay, good. Absolutely, bullshit. Say, okay. And, and, and so you need somebody by your side who is able to do that. And Absolutely. somebody who's been in the CTO chair before and has that wide variety of experience can do that. Well, and the, the worst thing is you, they, they work with some sort of consulting company, contractors, whoever it is, and they do some sort of statement of work, like, oh, it's going to cost $30,000, $50,000, whatever it is. And then like several months go by and then they get something back and it's not what they wanted either, right? And the the problem with a lot of these people is they're they're not involved in the process like it's they're not familiar with how to build software and agile methodologies and and giving feedback to the team and all that kind of stuff and it just falls apart very quickly right exactly and and you do need somebody a founder needs somebody to be able to manage that development team Oftentimes, the, the uh, offshore development company will have their own project manager that they'll put on. Now, sometimes it's for free. Most often they charge for it. But it's like the fox guarding the hen house, yeah. as, as we say, right? And, and so you know, if, if, if you were a founder and you dealt with a lot of times when you deal with a project manager from the offshore companies and you say, well, how's the development team doing? They'll give you a, back a very, very rosy report. But you do need that person who's at your side representing you to say, hey, this, this task is taking three times longer than it should. Or this code that somebody just checked in is really not, not going to be good, right? It's, it's, it's going to fall down. It doesn't have, it doesn't have certain you know, exception handling, logging, monitoring, things like that. Yeah. So you do need, so 
if you want to get back something that can fall apart at any at any moment, um, then you know then then you you don't you might you might not need that CTO by your side. But you re, if you really want to get back something that's quality work, I think that every non-technical founder should have that CTO by their side just to help them out. And it doesn't have to be a full-time CTO. You need somebody maybe a few hours a week, two hours a week, three hours a week. And this is where the whole concept of being a fractional CTO or CTO as a service comes in. So at full scale, we love CTOs, of course. And I do want to remind everybody that finding expert software developers doesn't have to be difficult, especially when you visit fullscale.io, where you can build a software team quickly and affordably. Use the full scale platform to define your technical needs and then see what developers are available to join your team. Visit fullscale.io to learn more. Now, what's what's interesting is what full scale, we've worked with over like 100 different clients over almost the last five years. And we don't do project-based work. So if somebody comes to us and says, how long is it going to take to build X, Y, and Z? We said, we don't know. Nobody knows. Nobody will literally ever know. It's a purely a guess. And we don't even do that kind of work, actually. We only do um, staff aug work. So it's like you have a team and we'll help add more, more developers to your team. And over the years, we have taken on some clients that are more like the ones you mentioned. They're like, um, they don't have any technical people on their team. And more often than not, those projects do not go well. And to, uh, currently, we very rarely will take on one of those kinds of customers, only if they have like a really strong product owner that we feel comfortable working with. But we, we really prefer them to have somebody technical on their team because it just it just doesn't go well. Like we don't want them as a client either because we want them to have a positive experience, right? And I think the challenge is, another challenge that companies have, I'd love to get your feedback on, is potentially the person... So somebody who has a CTO, they've basically taken a software developer and given them the job title of CTO. And it could have been like the first developer they hired is the CTO. What, what kind of experiences have you had with that? Yeah, so I, so I do have... Uh, so first of all, let me just say that, that one of the things that I aim for with my clients is that after several months of being a fractional CTO... I do encourage my clients to hire a full-time CTO, uh, and it could be one of those full-time developers that they promote to the CTO title, but it's a, but I would uh, be available to do mentoring and coaching to that person to kind of give them the benefits of, of my experience. So um, I think that um, I, I think that you um, you really need to be very, very careful when taking a developer and 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 giving them that CTO that CTO title. Um, it's and and I've seen examples where I will go into a client and they will have a couple of developers and I'll say, okay, this person is the CTO, but that that person is really just a developer and will not know about all the things to look for in a certain project. So for instance, you might be a great Node.js developer, but if but you don't know how to scale out a system so that it can handle many thousands of concurrent requests. You don't really know how to do a lot of the, the DevOps stuff. 
So, you know, with the, and, and plus you don't know how to do some of the non-technical stuff that you need, like analyzing budgets, coming up with projections, uh, being the, the senior technological face when, when your founder is meeting with venture capitalists or private equity companies to get funding, right? So there's a big difference in having a senior developer, promoting a senior developer to be the CTO and actually having somebody for uh, who, who's, who's had 30 years of experience doing this. I'm not sure if that answers your question or you want well, to dive into you know, you mentioned earlier being a chief architect before, and what? How do you describe a chief architect versus a CTO? Okay, so the the chief architect, and again, it depends on the kinds of companies you're with. So, in a lot of the companies I've been with, as as chief architect, I've reported directly to the C uh, to the CIO, the chief information officer. So I have been the de facto uh, C, the de facto CTO. But what I would say, the main difference between a chief enterprise architect and a CTO is that the chief enterprise architect is responsible for setting a lot of the standards in the company. So sometimes the architect will actually do the solution architecture but a lot of it is for setting is for setting standards we also do other jobs like like um look for end of life software uh etc but a lot of times depending on the company the chief architect position will overlap a lot with the cto position well, and th and that's the reason I ask, and when I do a quick Google search here, it says one thing to consider is chief architect is not necessarily a C level position either. It's a uh, head of arch head of enterprise architecture type role. Would is that a fair statement, or do you think Google's that, off that, on this one? No, no, no. That that is that 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 is, um, and also you know you could have chief architects of uh, at the enterprise level, at the entire company level, and you have chief architects that are domain specific or line of business yeah. architects right so you know so yes chief chief architect uh is usually not the the executive level and in fact right. a company could have could have multiple uh chief architects it all depends on how how the entire architecture organization is scheduled but an interesting story so i'll give you i'll give you some interesting an interesting story here from from uh, some of the companies I've worked with is some of the companies have this chief architect, somebody who might sit in a remote office who who kind of looks over the entire business. But you have the line of business architects who know about how how that particular line of business is supposed to be run. And there's often a lot of tension or conflicts between the line of business chief architect and the enterprise chief architect because the enterprise chief architect usually does not know each line of business and what each line of business needs so um so usually in these kinds of situation the line of business chief architect has precedence over the enterprise chief architect right well, so, so Go ahead. So, so let me get back to what we were talking about earlier. So, I think 
one of the struggles you have with these young startups is they take a, a really smart person and they're smart developer on the team. They're like, oh, you're our, our new co-founder, CTO or whatever. But they really don't have the background and experience as a, a CTO, right? They're just a really good coder, really developer, maybe a really good software architect. And I think part of my point was going back to this is maybe they are the chief architect, but they're not really the the, the chief technology officer. And I think in a lot of companies, what I've seen is like the CTO can be like, they could be like the most gifted, smartest software developer there is. They, they're really good, but they're terrible at managing people and processes, right? So it's like they hire a VP of engineering or somebody who really runs the organization. And the CTO is kind of the the mad scientist in, in the lab, right? And um, have you have you seen that a few times too? Oh, definitely, definitely. So it, 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 again, it depends on the kind of company you're with, but I have seen organizations where the CTO is an individual contributor. Yeah. Right. So, so they, yeah, they won't really manage the teams, but they'll be the ones who are the visionaries who will do the explorations of They're new like the technologies. mad scientists. Right. It's the mad, it, exactly, exactly. And, and, um, and this, but the thing is, sometimes this is also what the chief architect does. So, so right. this is why I say, like the the line sometimes between chief architect and CTOs can be blurred a little bit. And in fact, most companies don't even have chief architects. Right? right? They, yeah, it's, you know, it's they, a they have maybe individual position. individual solution architects that right. are attached to each team, and that is could also be. The purview of the CTO is that the CTO also has the ability to reorganize a technological organization in the way that they see fit. So maybe the CTO does not want a chief architect in there. Maybe they just want a domain architect attached to every every single development team. You know, one of the things also about the CTO position that said is that it's an ivory tower position. I don't know if you've ever heard heard that, but that so I call them yellow pad architects, and I've written about this before. And so when I was chief architect, I was extremely technical. I would not only do the architecture, I would often love to get in and do some coding. Sometimes I would code um, POCs, proof of concepts, or sometimes I would I would start coding some some enterprise class system that would be in production. A yellow pad architect is what I consider certain architects to be who just kind of run around with the yellow pads, right? The, to say, go to each team, hey, are you checking the boxes here? Are you making sure that you're using software that's been approved? Are you making sure that everything is kind of adhering to standards? But those architects often do not code. They do not do technical architecture, right? So, so. I've met CTOs who are just basically glorified project managers. I've met CTOs who are amazingly technical. They're the top, top technical talent in a company. And I've met chief architects or CTOs that are basically these yellow pad, ivory tower people. So it does depend on on the company. It's not like, you know, the CTO is not like being a senior developer where the task is, hey, develop this piece of code in this language and come up with a workable thing at the end of the at the end of the day. A CTO or chief architect, depending on what company you're with, 
can encompass a huge, broad range of responsibilities, some of which overlap. Well, and let's, I, I think we want to talk about some more of those. You're talking about a, a, a young startup, you have a founder, a really young team that needs a CTO. And I think another and the reason they need a CTO is all the other crap we have to deal with today that has to do with security, compliance, all these other things. It's not just about writing code, right? Exactly. So as a CTO, so for myself, as a CTO, I know a lot about the different technical domains where I can help. Like I said, I could go in and design and set up an entire cloud architecture on a couple of different platforms. I can do architectures for simple or distributed systems. I can do the security around there. I can do some of the DevOps around there. I can do monitoring and and do and I'm responsible for the scalability designs for the scalability and the reliability of a system. And so yes, that's stuff that I as a CTO, as my type of CTO could do. Not every CTO that you find out there could do that. Not even every right. fractional CTO right. out there could do that. You have some fractional CTOs out there who are, as I said, maybe senior project managers who will just kind of dip a couple of toes into the in, into the technical realm. So I am that kind of fractional CTO that really does do all this. You know, I try to do all the stuff. Now, if I can't do everything, I try to find specialists who can do that. So for instance, I am not a machine learning expert, but I can call on some, some domain experts in machine learning who I could make part of our virtual team for a while. I can call on some security experts to do that also, right? So it, it and it depends all, and, and, and sometimes it depends on the type of offshore uh, if you if you're going offshore, it depends on the type of offshore consultancy you're going to use f- for uh, for writing your code because some of these consultancies will provide you with this kind of short term talent also. So, what other what other kind of tips do you have out there for for founders that are thinking about man, I I need a CTO. Should I hire somebody? Should I do fractional? Why do, why should I hire them? What other kind of tips do you have for them? Okay, so if you want a, a true CTO, somebody who is technical in nature and can also help you get all your product requirements together, all that stuff, and somebody who has enough what I call gravitas to be able to meet VCs and other kinds of funding mechanisms to convince, to, to convince them that you have senior representation, senior technical representation on your side. Um, I would I would say that you that you do need this type of person, but there is not enough of this talent to go around for a number of the founders there are out there with ideas. So, for instance, I get pitched constantly by founders who want me to join them, um, but there's just you know there's not enough of these technical people to go around. So what a founder should uh, say is that uh, you, they don't need a full-time CTO. They don't need to pay uh, a large salary to a CTO who will be with them eight hours a day, 40 hours a week, and help them in this process. 
you just need somebody a few hours a week. And, and, and in that way, it's affordable, right? You don't have to pay benefits. You don't have to uh, just pay, you know, tie up your capital with, with large salaries. I would say that if you were just to consider a fractional CTO for a couple of hours a week, the help that you get would be immense and it would be only a small part of your budget. So by the way, what do you, based on, I'm curious what your opinion is, what do you think it costs to hire a full-time CTO these days? What, what do you okay. think market rate is? All right. So if you, okay. So full-time, full-time CTO for a startup, you're talking about, and, and I'm not talking about any kind of equity compensation, equity-based compensation. You're looking at probably at least $250,000. Okay. Right, and most of, and and most of them are probably expecting some form of equity as well. Some of them are. It depends, right? You know, cash is king. So you know, you might. So if you're paying somebody more, maybe you can get away with less equity. And of course, it depends on the geographical location, the yeah. number of years of experience, etc. But you're not. You know, you're you're looking at paying at least two hundred and fifty thousand dollars per year. Well, as we round out this episode, I do want to remind everybody that if you need to hire software engineers, testers, or leaders, FullScale can help. We have the people on the platform to help you build and manage a team of experts when you visit FullScale.io. All you need to do is answer a few questions and let our platform match you up to fully vetted, highly experienced senior software developers. At FullScale, we specialize in building a long-term team that works only for you. Learn more when you visit FullScale.io. Well, it sounds like to me, you know, you're, you know, this podcast is for entrepreneurs. You're, um you've done a lot of things obviously in your career, but it's like, even, even now you're still an entrepreneur as a, as a fractional CTO. It, it, it gets the juices running, right? It's, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's really an incredible, um, uh, thing to do. Why do I say it's that? Fun. Because you're, 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 you, you, you learn different domains since I've been doing CTOs a service. I've had clients in the ed tech space. I've had clients in healthcare. I've had clients in real estate. I've had clients in all sorts of wellness and, and financial domains. And the amount of stuff that you learn right now is, is, is incredible. You know, you, you just round out your knowledge for all these different domains. So for instance, one of my current clients is somebody who, who helps farmers in South America the, with the whole supply chain for coffee, right? So from from farming to roasting yeah. to distribution, whatever. And I'm learning new stuff about coffee. But uh, they largely have all the same sort of technical problems. They do, right? They all... 80, you know, 80% yeah. of it is similar. Yeah. I mean, a lot, of, a lot of the technical problems boil down to matching, right? There are consumers who need something. There's producers who provide something. And you match up the services, Right. Mm -hmm. So you'll find that a lot of those a lot of those uh, problems are reduced to to that. But they all need to have apps developed. They all need cloud based infrastructure. They all need code written. They all need their stuff tested and monitored and, and scaled and whatever. So, yeah, from a technical standpoint, everybody does have those those kind of common needs. All right. Well, as we round out the show here, any final other tips for founders that are listening to the show today? Yeah, I would say that just think twice about going into these 
uh, ventures without somebody who's technical by your side because it, it could be that your product turns out right, but you won't know if you are charged the proper amount of money. You won't know if you are if your architecture or code is is scalable and resilient. Um, and you know, just be very careful if you decide to go into uh, it, into writing uh, and implementing a product by yourself with uh, using developers. Just make sure you have somebody by your side to give you advice. It doesn't have to be a CTO, 100%. but just somebody who's technical, who knows this stuff, just to give you advice. For the record, I would start a law firm without a lawyer or a dentist practice <laughs> without a dentist on my team either. So creating a software company without a, a founder, co-founder that has technical background or having somebody on your team that knows what they're doing is not a good formula for success. Exactly. But, so. you know, and, but uh, there are founders who, who want to go that way because they've never heard of a fractional CTO. Yeah. They think that, that in order to hire somebody technical, they're going to have to spend $250,000, $300,000 to get themselves a full-time CTO. A fractional CTO could be had for, for uh, you know, so, so little compared to what you, you have right. uh, a full-time person for. So. And, and compared to the level of mistakes you could make without it. Exactly. You got it. Well, once again, everybody, this was Mark Adler. Um, his website is ctoasaservice.org, by the way. And you can find him on LinkedIn. And uh, he might be a very busy guy. <laughs> do, you, do you have time, Mark? Everybody I, needs your help. I do. You know what? I even if it's just an if it's just a chat, I love to talk to people. You so know, do I've, I. I've learned a lot. I love to talk to people. And if you are interested in me, the first hour conversation is is a freebie. So that, feel free awesome. to, to contact me. I'm I'm also available for these interesting conversations. I love having them too. So <laughs> I, I don't have the time to be a fractional CTO, but I, I love talking about technology and uh, love having you on the show today. So thank you so much, Mark. Thank you for reaching out. It was a true pleasure. All right. Startup Hustles brought to you by Fullscale.io, helping you build a software team quickly and affordably. Make sure you reach down and hit that subscribe button, then come find us on Instagram. See you next time.